You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 275, brought to you by C2E2, graphically and iFanboy listeners like you. the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 275. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick and Ron Richards. We're all here back together again. We survived Seattle. I gotta say I liked last week. Anyway, uh, <laughs> at iFanboy.com, uh, we have started a website about comic books and it's been around a long time. We like comic books. We read them. We show up. We buy them. We talk about them. All that stuff. Every week we all read our stack of Wednesday comics and then one of us has to pick the best one. That's called the pick of the week. A review goes up on the website on Wednesdays and then uh, we talk about that and the other books from the week and other stuff on this podcast that you are listening to now. We are the three. If you were listening last week, there were some, there were some guest hosts. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, it was a good it. time. Yeah. It was fun. But uh, here we go. This is us. Oh, if, if you're new, uh, why are you here? No, if you're new, welcome, and there's going to be spoilers. Just a, re- a reminder for everybody, we're talking about what happened in the books that came out this week. So if uh, you're sensitive about that or you don't want your books ruined for you, read them first, then come back. The show will work better yes. like that. And stay tuned for the end of the show. We'll be talking about what's uh, going on at C2E2 uh, in Chicago if you're heading to that convention, mm-hmm. which is this coming weekend, which is crazy because it'll be our second con in two weeks now now i know that you've only got one more after that though. yeah yeah uh now i this said i know that i thought that you had the pick of the week with script says connor does so connor <laughs> tell us about your pick of the week I, my pick of the week is also spider-man 1555 I, listen i was it was a rush job we're all here together in brooklyn so bear with me bear with us it's a little wacky but Josh i had the pick, sharing a microphone and we're holding hands i had the pick of the week um Soft. and and it was funny because uh, I had a very I had a, Josh and I flipped places this week. Josh, you had like twenty books, nearly like eighteen books, and I had like eight, which is interesting. So it was a light week for me. Why do you hate comics? I don't know. I just, I, I hate fun. <laughs> um, so it was a light week for me, but um, but I also found that it was a really quality week. There was a lot I could easily made at least three other books to pick of the week, and not Ultimate Spider-Man number one thousand five hundred fifty-five. <laughs> no, um, Ultimate Spider-Man number one fifty-five. But it's funny because Connor and I were getting our books together on Wednesday. And he was doing his typical trying to guess what the pick was going to be. And he was putting good money on it being Ultimate Spider-Man number 155, mainly because of the art duties by iFanboy favorite Chris Somney. Yes. And I said, oh, we'll see. You know, I gotta, I'll give it a fair shake. I thought but, it was going to be because of Rocket Racer. But. Which was awesome, by the way. I didn't even mention that in my review. I, lo- I love Rocket Racer. But um, this, uh, so I sat down to read it. And, and if you go to iFanboy.com, you can read my review where I mention my first immediate thought upon looking at the comic is Death of Spider-Man Prelude. Still, yeah, this is the longest prelude. I feel like it's been going on for for eons. It's um, like three months. I know, but it feels like a long time. Like a prelude to me is like prelude one. Prelude shouldn't issue. shouldn't be more than one. one right, or two exactly. Issues. But so I quickly. It's got been across the whole yeah. the, the whole line too. It's not just the. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, they could, well, we're gonna get to this because you're gonna talk about what happens. But they could have not mentioned that, and it'll be fine. It's just yeah. a way to get the band. Oh no, on. I so understand. Like, yeah. Don't you know? Yeah. If you're well, if you, you understand it, but maybe people at home like. Take that banner off in your mind, and it doesn't matter. Right. They're just building hype for the event that's coming up and all that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But so, um, so once I got over that anger... Um, Look, home viewer, banner. I sat, <laughs> so I sat down to read the book, and yes, it was everything I would ever hope and dream from a Chris Somney-drawn Ultimate Spider-Man book. Um, what I find fascinating about Somney is that he, we've raved about his work on Thor the Mighty Avenger, and you, know, and you guys love the, the, the Mighty, Mighty yep. and things like that. What I think is great is that he's got a, he's got a 
cartoony style that is of his own, but he takes the effort to match it to whatever book that he's doing. Like to me, this look didn't look just like Thor: The Mighty Avenger. Like yeah. he was, he paid credence to what's been going on previously uh, in the book with the previous artist. He tr- did his best to keep the look of the characters, you know, similar. Although one, he kind of drifted off a little to the left. But <laughs> well, we talked to him in, in, in Seattle. There'll be an interview with him that you'll see in the video show coming up, where he talked about specifically tailoring his style to this book or yeah. ma- or merging his style with. What's come before? I'm very uncomfortable. Josh put it around me. Um, uh, and it's funny because he's got two distinct styles, even if they're variations. He's got the cartoony yep. Thor Spider-Man style, then his his personal sketchy shadow, very shadowy yeah. style, which is gorgeous. But this is just as good in a different way. Well, the thing is that the, the, his use of shadows and light comes in in the sketchy stuff. Like there's a couple of pa- like yeah. there's a panel that was uh, uh, Peter and Jameson talking. That was all like all shadowy, and it was like I was like, oh, this is great, you know. And he had some great, um, you know, some great spread. That double page spread we, we we highlighted in our best of the week of panels. The double page spread of the Daily Bugle office was just like really well done. Well, well, um, hold, but hold on for a second, because you're talking about like an Ultimate Spider-Man comic book that Chris Omni got to do, and this book is. Eighty-five percent two people talking. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And, well, that, and I want to like, but no, you, you're cha- oh, I'm going to draw Spider-Man as a guy. Oh, it's two people talking. There was, there was like two scenes where he's in costume. Yeah. Like, maybe like five pages total. But even those were just like yeah. flapping around, really. Well, that, that was the kind of gist of my review was that nothing. Ha- I mean, a lot happened in right. this issue, but nothing like superhero-y happened. Like, so basically, mm-hmm. what happened was is that you know, coming out of the uh, coming out of the last story arc where Jameson found out that uh, Peter was Spider-Man and and Peter saved his life. Jameson calls Spider-Man says we need to meet and the tension in that conversation was so good. Really like those first panels in the in the room where it was like so do you know why you're here? Yeah. I know. Why don't you tell me why? Yeah. It was I mean like Bendis really that, that that whole scene between Jameson and Peter not only like what was great like this is what I like about the the promise of the Ultimate Universe is that it's a different relationship than what we read in Six One Six, you know. And they've had a different relationship throughout the whole thing, and now they've got this. And, and it only took us fifteen years yeah, to get exactly, to. yeah. But um, ten years. But now, um, Bagley threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, and so now they've got this bond where Jameson knows he's Spider Man. Spider Man saved his life. Jameson's not going to out him, and it solves Peter's employment problem. Now he can work at the Daily Bugle. And when Jameson starts being generous mm-hmm. and saying. You know, like he's like he's like all right. He's like you saved my life. So what do you want? What can I do for you? And he's like, well, I need a job. He's like, well, why do you need a job? He's like, because I need to go to college. He's like, okay, I'll pay for your college. And Peter's like, no, no, I'll earn my own way. That whole scene, mm-hmm. like I was tearing up. It was like so like proud of Peter, and it was like it was really like it was cutting it, onions at the time. No, or? no, but it, no, it was just really well dialogued, and I I got caught up in the moment of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so that solves that whole problem. And then Peter comes home. He finds Kitty, which was nice. And then in the one battle scene of the issue. And then he goes home to find that he forgot it was his birthday, which is a little weird. When do you forget it's your birthday? I think that that's, a, that's telling yeah. you about the character. Like, he's concerned about all this stuff. He's not, he never ever thinks about himself, yeah, which true. is actually, a nice, I mean, it's a little extreme, but yeah. so are flying people. Yeah. And so, the, and so his whole family, quote unquote family, is there to, with a surprise, you know, 16th birthday. And he gets back together with Mary Jane, who, that was the character design that mm-hmm. Somni took a little liberties and kind of did it more Romita than Ultimate. Which is yeah. fine, and they kiss and they get back together, and I got a little teary during there. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And I realized I'm like, "Wow, everything's coming up, Peter. It's fantastic." And then I closed the book and saw Death of Spider-Man Prelude. I was like, "Oh, Bendis, you motherfucker!" <laughs> it's like really, he got he got completely got me hook, line, and sinker. I realized that halfway through, I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, the character is totally resolved and happy. Yeah. That, that's not good at all. This yeah. story's over. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like, if anybody knows anything about how drama's supposed to work, you don't... 
Like you want to see him, but you must not see him happy. Right. Yeah. You know, you have like, and so the, the writer's job is to continually put him through the ringer. And he just gave Peter everything he's ever wanted. Yep. He's now buddies with Iron Man. He's got his job at the Bugle. He's got his girlfriend back, and his, all his friends are back together, living in his house. Yeah. You're fucked, dude. Yeah, totally. And like, and what's sad is that I, we don't know what the future of Ultimate Spider-Man will be. And like, recently Bendis was on uh, the Word Balloon, and honestly, his comments didn't give me much hope for the future of this book. Like, I don't know what changes are going to be happening, but we know La Fuente's gone, you know, and it was, he made some very weird comments on that podcast, so we're, yeah. we'll find out, I guess, soon. But if you told me this was the last issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, I would be okay. You know, this reminded me very much of that issue of Powers. Yeah, that, where we're like, you can end Where it really sort of capped the series, and yeah. after, everything after that was sort of not as good as what came before. Yeah. Which is not to say that Ultimate Spider-Man can't be as great as it's always been, but to me this felt like you could have wrapped this up with this issue and yeah. been happy yeah, totally. with a 10-year run. Yeah, So I mean, and so I joked in, I joked in the review that I might have just talked myself out of drop, into dropping this book. I'm not going to drop it. I'm going to still keep on reading and see what happens. But if I don't like the way it goes... I, I have an ending that I'm happy with. You know, you, you know what's one thing that's interesting. We're talking about just to go back to Somni's art a little bit. Um, there are a lot of two-page spreads in here. Not two-page spreads like big exciting things, but two Bendis, like Bendis has a thing where he'll go across the page, rather down one and then down the next one. He does yeah. that in a lot of books. But a continuing problem that I've actually had with this books over the years is that a lot of artists do that in such a way that. Yep. You you start to read the page wrong. Yep. And I don't know why people can't, like, Omen in Powers does that a lot, where I'll start to read a page, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to read it across. Other guys have done it. Somni actually did it in such a way that I didn't get lost. I never had a problem at all. Like, the long, double-page but horizontal Do you know spreads? what I'm talking about, exactly like, historically, yeah. because... Yep. It's it's still a problem. Ten years on. Yeah, no, yeah. and and I get it. But Somni drew it in such a way that you could tell that pa- where that page break was and where you were, where the eye was supposed to go. And I don't know why no one else can do that because that drives me nuts. Yeah. And also, it's it's ridiculously detailed. Yes. I mean, yeah. he's he's a throwback in so many ways, and one of the ways he's a throwback is that his panels are full of detail. That the yeah. double page spread you're talking about, not the spread, the panel that goes across the top of the bugle yeah. office. It's packed full of there's newspaper stacks, there's yeah. people, there's there's donuts, there's people in the back doing their own little thing. I mean, there's every set piece has a background. Well, there's a couple for emphasis that, that don't, but yeah. for the most part, every panel has this, a whole world but behind it's, it. And, but like it is detailed, but also cartoony. Like yeah. there's stacks mm-hmm. of papers, but there's no there's no words on them. They're just lines. Like yeah. you get the sense, okay, these are newspapers. And, just, and I gotta say, his Jameson. With the hat and the rolled up sleeves and the mustache, I would read. If you there was a book called J. Jonah illustrated by Somni, I would read that book. What was great was when I saw the hat, I was like, yeah. "Why is he wearing a hat?" But there and was a reason it. for it. Yeah, it was exactly. good. Also, just I want to point it out. One of my two favorite panels in this book were, "Hey Ben Yurik, hey how you doing? Good seeing you." Walks away, yeah. and I was like, "This is a guy who has worked in media with busy people. Yeah. Like he knows how that works. Yep. And that, yeah, that glad hand, the big smile. Oh man, good to see. you. I gotta go by. Yeah, uh, yep. that was just a really neat little moment. It was great. And then um, I did notice somebody in the comments on my review commented which I didn't notice when I read it but apparently uh, Somni got the spider logo upside down for the entire issue yeah. the spider's crawling down his chest as opposed to up which I was like oh he's right <laughs> the editor should have caught that it's going towards his oh, was there an inker or did he ink himself no he, he inked himself yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so alright well I guess we're going to have to take away pick of the week that's the I know, first time that's, that's, that's what a, a technicality that's what I was wow. well if we had to take away pick of the week the, the, the waiting in the wings was absolutely Punisher Max number eleven. Which, this is this is. I feel like Jason Aaron has so much fun with this book. Yes, this book this book was so much fun to read, and it's hysterical. Yeah, I mean, like it's this ultra violent comedy that is. So basically, this was the big. This is uh, this is the last story. Of this the is story the conclusion arc, right? for the the bullseye. Yeah. So yeah. so this is the the finally bullseye and the Punisher face off, and it's narrated by Bullseye, 
and well, Punisher, Punisher never a little speaks. Bit of it. No, he does. He's got the black yeah. narration boxes. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But um, it was hysterical. It was. Oh, I love they, they fight into an elevator. The elevator goes down. It opens up into a construction zone. So that was all these oh. tools. Well, no, even <laughs> before even before that, they they go in an elevator and Punisher's got a, a knife on Bullseye's neck. And he's and bull, you see Bullseye's eye kind of look down, and then he throws up on the Punisher <laughs> like he vomits into his, on ma- him. Into his mouth. Into his mouth. <laughs> it's just fuck. It's fucking crazy. And then the door is open. It's a construction zone, and Bullseye just and there's all these hammers and tools. And Bullseye goes, "There is a god." <laughs> <laughs> and then you turn the page, and, and when they they go away from them, and when they come back, Bullseye's all bloody. He's got nails in his head, and he's holding one of the Punisher's fingers. Like it's like, it was like oh, it was great. <laughs> So but they, even then, there's, there's, but even amongst the comedy at the end, you get a very serious moment where yep. the whole arc has been about Bullseye getting into the Punisher's head. Figuring he him won't out. kill him until he figures him out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the last issue, he apparently did figure him out. And in this issue, he whispers something to, to, to Frank about, what did you say to your wife right before she was shot? Yep. I know what you said to her. And he whispers it. And then and, and it, it completely throws Frank off. Frank yep. is about to kill him. And allows the kingpin to send them both through a window, which will then turn the page to the next cover, leading them, assuming to jail. Yeah, but I'm just happy to see the return of Hairstar. I think it's nice to see him in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I love Dylan. Steve Dylan will Dylan, stab you with a big pen. Dylan, Dylan did great on this issue. Yeah. I mean, he really, really did. I mean, no, and, I and I can see that. It's just a, and I mean, like what's great is that it was just so violent. It was so bloody, but it was so funny. And like the rhythm of the fight. Was real like it was. Uh, Jason Aaron is great. I mean, it, it, we know this. I mean, we rave about him all the time. But like, it, this was, this really r- stood out to me as as possibly the best issue of this arc, possibly this whole series. So, so you know, the eleven eleven issues so far. It's tons of fun, and I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Punisher in jail. I mean, we've done it before, but but like this, I mean, we, he set the bar pretty high for the the insanity that can go on in this book. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, Josh, I'm curious what you thought of Batman and Robin Twenty One because last time we talked about the previous issue. You liked it, but with reservations. I liked it, and I, it was okay before, but this exacerbated more of the stuff that I was ambivalent about, I guess. I thought, again, one of the things that happened before, and I was given the benefit of the doubt, is that Damien felt a bit off, and this continued that. He talked about tweeting. Even ironically, I don't think he's going to do that. And I think it's <laughs> weird that Tomasi is a guy who was an editor, and he's keep, like, I just feel like he would know that stuff. Uh, you know, like he'd be, he'd have read the character enough. He, it, it threw me off a little bit. I, I don't know. It didn't excite me all that much. I guess it just, it felt like another, uh, it, there's a, it was a nice concept. The, the, the relatives of supervillains are being murdered, you know, and it's fine, but like it was, it was like, okay. Yeah. I thought it was okay too. I liked the, uh, Commissioner Gordon looking up at all the string of bodies saying it's, it's not like nights like this. I wish I had my teaching degree, but, um, you're right. I mean, I think what what you talked about last week was more apparent this week is that there's a there's a disconnect from the the, the way that Tomasi sees the characters through everyone else, and taken on its own, it would be really good, I think. But since you know that it's sort of off, it it sort of colors it. I think overall the story's good. And, and also, I mean, I, I think the art's really good too. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's but it's Batman and Robin, and because of that, the bar's really high. So it almost doesn't matter. It's like Astonishing X-Men. It doesn't matter what that next guy does. It's not going to beat that Joss Whedon, John Cassidy stuff. And this feels a little bit like that. And, and I mean, it's, it's fucking hard to follow Grant Morrison. But if you do, like, at least when Paul Cornell came on, like, I felt like it was something so different. It was, and I, would, and I just, I knew it was going to be three issues, so I just had fun with that. But I didn't, I don't know. I don't have the same, it's, it's not bad. I just, like, I don't feel, I don't feel like I need to keep reading it. 
like I did with Grant Morrison. When Grant Morrison books were coming out, you were like, I have to know what's happened next. Even Ron was reading the damn things. I was, yeah, quite like Yeah, no, it, I enjoy it. I think it's solid, but there, there are certainly the elements you talk about that keep it from, from being a Some, great book. Sometimes continuity is important, and sometimes it's not. And in this sense, where you do have all these books, there, ha- there has to be consistency, because they're coming out every week, one after another. At least in the way the characters interact. That's, that's yeah. the most important part. Yeah, and not a, not a nitpick on, on sort of like, well, shouldn't they be here when this? I don't mean it like that. But yeah, the characterizations. Also, Batman Stubble was a slightly too long, as opposed to the other book, where it was slightly shorter. Oh... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Don't make that voice. I hate that voice. I hate the. the He's the, trying to breathe. The, you know, get off his back. Continu- uh, yeah, uh, I didn't. Do, it, it, it wasn't comic book guy voice. Yeah, That's true, different. Yeah, it was true. Mm, it was yeah. hand ringer. Oh well. Mm, yeah. Uh, Scott, it was our old roommate Scott Cantor. All right. Yeah. Venom number one from Rick Remender, Tony Moore, and three inkers or two inkers. Yeah. Well, inkers. no, it was. I mean, it's only three. Three pages got inked by other people. Right. Yeah. Not too bad. You know, it's, I went into this knowing that the secret, because it had been spoiled by us. A lot. <laughs> um, but it didn't matter. Really a lot. Well, what's funny is that, and I don't know if they, I actually thought, I was like, maybe they rejiggered it a little bit because it got out there, because it wasn't, ha- but it wasn't handled like a reveal. Oh, no, they revealed it in it Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, this one, yeah, well, you're right, it wasn't handled like a reveal. So I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really care. I, I enjoyed this. Like, yeah. it was great to see Tony Moore doing work that clearly he was having a lot of fun doing, yeah. I think, when you look at those pages, like... He really has an energy that other artists don't. And I just mean that his pages just look different yep. uh, than, than a lot of sort of mainstream stuff. Uh, I think you could see the, the he was having a lot of fun with the writing, Remender was. You know, he was setting up a bunch of situations. Like, it's got to be fun to, to write Jack-O-Lantern. He's crazy. Yeah. And, he's, and it looked great, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. And, like, I immediately, as soon as we saw the shadowy guy giving Jack-O-Lantern uh, instructions, I was like, I, like, ooh, who's that? yeah. So and, totally buy into the concept. And we yeah. know, you know, like, it's a whole, it's in the Marvel Universe, but it's not. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't tied in with everything else that was going on necessarily. Right. But it was, a, it was a concept that you could buy in the Marvel Universe, I guess. And, but he set up the world of everything so we know exactly what's going on. Yep. We know why Flash is doing this. I, it's interesting. They don't really focus on it. But if you know anything about Flash Thompson, you know the connection to he, like, he idolizes Spider-Man. He wants to be that. But he also wants his legs back. Yep. And well, what I thought was also really interesting was that was the the argument he got in with his commanding officer mm-hmm. when he got back. The commanding officer was like, "That was football hero Flash. I don't need that. I need the soldier." Yeah, which I was like, "Oh, that's a really interesting kind of you know." It is, yeah. and the only thing I thought about that, I was like, "So did you not run psychic exams on this guy before you did it? Because <laughs> this is Flash. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe yeah. it was a bad choice. You should have yeah. chose someone calmer." Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I love the concept, and I love I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this issue, and then like we get a little bit of relationship drama at the end, the biting irony of the AA meeting in the church with no wheelchair access. That page, I oh. mean, hats off to Remender yeah. for doing that page yep. was fantastic. He's really actually good at finding a quote yep. about, so he did it at the end of this, so that he'll do it in the beginning of Fear Agent a lot of yeah. times or something. Yeah. But you're like, he, he wrote that page and I was like, I suck, I will never be good at this because that, <laughs> God will show you the way, ramp to the bar, stairs yeah. to the church. Yeah. Fuck, that's bad. Yeah, I know. It was hard. I mean, that really, really well done. Yeah. You know what I really kind of liked? I liked um, how Tony Moore handled when Venom started to kick into control, how the like the head changed, you know, the, the teeth started coming out. Yeah. It didn't, like, I thought it was kind of overdone in the point one issue when Venom took control. It got all big and hulky and stuff like that. But this is like, I really got a sense of the conflict of the, of, you know, trying to keep it at bay. It, now, I don't know this, but is the sort of 48 hour thing, do they. They established that just yeah. for this. Well, I yeah. like that. Yeah, I really like that, that rule. Within 48 hours or the symbi- symbiote will bond to you. So you got to have it off within 48 That's hours. That's one of those so. ticking sort of time yeah. bomb episodic tricks. That and he can only wear it 20 times. 
I didn't know that part. Yeah, which is I, which I love, which is you know, which means that we're gonna have we gotta have to have issues where he doesn't wear he's not Venom at all, or they're yeah. gonna have to replace Flash at some point. Exactly. It's gonna have to be somebody else. Yeah, that's that's really that's fun. You know, yeah. there's 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 fun room for a lot of games there, and it, I think in this you you're seeing a, a you're seeing a remender that we're familiar with in a good way. Yeah. Like it's just like oh you're cutting loose on this a lot yeah, and, and cool. you're having fun. So. It's gonna be Betty Brant. She's got a lot of anger. I think so. That so, was all right. I have to. I you just thought it was all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard to talk when you only got two mics from three, three people. But um, it was a little, I thought it was a little chaotic in the fight scene. I enjoyed the stuff at the end a lot more than I did the the whole setup. Was a bit. I don't know. I, I didn't really zone into it as much as I thought I would, but it was okay. I did not not it like it. It was a war zone. <laughs> I did not like it. Was, it. I it was it. chaotic, and it was dark and chaotic. Yeah. So. No, I enjoyed it. I, just, I did not enjoy it. I didn't love it as much as I just hoped I loved it. But I, I enjoyed the concept, so I'm you sticking did, with it. You didn't hate it nearly as much as you should hate a book called Venom. Yeah, sure. That, yeah, that's that the, is that's true the as well. So I have to tip my hat to Connor uh, with Justice League Generation Lost number 21. Uh, Blue Beetle didn't die. I told Connor, you. Connor called it. Although they had me believing he was dead. So, like, it, it worked. I mean, the, the issue basically starts with Booster Gold sitting over the dead body of Blue Beetle. And he's trying to figure out how to get the armor off so that he can take him to his, to his family. This was, a ver- this was a breather in between issue. This was a deal with uh, Fallout for the Death. Everybody goes, it was really, I mean, this it was is really good. This book is fantastic. It this continues book to is be fantastic. Amazingly good. Amazingly good. And you have, um, so you basically they, they, kind of, they kind of pair off. They got Booster Gold uh, and Skeets, you know, kind of mulling over Blue Beetle. You got Captain Adam and Ice, uh, you know, dealing with, with Captain Adam's guilt of what happened with him. And then you've got Gavril or Red Rocket with uh, fire. And Red they, Rocket. And they, uh, it's, it's Rocket Red. Rocket Red, yeah, Rocket <laughs> okay. Red. And, um, He's changed his name a lot, so I, I still yeah. call him Rocket Red 7. But, even though but so fire and, fire and Red Rocket or whatever uh, hook up, do a little hooking up, which is nice. Yeah. And then great kind of rally the troops ending. You know, where every, you know, Booster Gold wants to quit and everybody telling him, no, you can't. And we just need a sign. And then Blue Beetle pops back up. He's like, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> it was really well done. I mean, it was, no, just, yeah. it was, it was good. You need these issues. Um, yeah. There's not a lot left. I think it ends in April. Oh, please. I, want, I don't want this to ever end. So we've got, what, is it March? So we only got, we've got a month left. There's only 22 issues or 24? Well, no, it's, it's a dump bi-weekly. So oh, right, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so, yeah. it's oh, around man. there, but it ends soon. I yeah. wonder what's going to happen after this because... This is a book you don't want to stop that good feeling. You yeah, know? no, it's exactly. You need to keep doing it forever. So. Forever. But um, now, Aven- New Avengers with Ch- Good Chicken. Um, I was surprised by by the the direction it took. Well, the, the we, we we talked about last last month. The there's parallel storytelling going on here. In one story, we've got the current day Avengers or the New Avengers fighting. Uh, who's I don't even Su- superior? Someone I don't even care yes, about. Ex Hammer agent. Um, and, yeah. and but the, the the flashback story is 1959 where Nick Fury is gathering the Avengers. Well, gathering gathering uh, uh, agents for a covert ops team called the and the, the Avengers. Yeah, called the Avengers. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and sort of a Dirty Dozen uh, Suicide Squad type team and of. So he recruits Sabretooth, Victor Creed, Craven, uh, Dominic Fortune, Namora. And uh, some other dudes who I didn't know, Silver Sable, who yeah. I remember. And now, now, um, by putting a year on it, you're really what? stretching the yes continuity. Yeah. Well, you for have lack. to because because Marvel universe is so tied into World War Two. Yeah, it so is. there's no way to get around that. Yeah. You have to deal with you have to deal with that time frame. So you're yes, you're dealing with the fact that that how does it make sense that 
You, you gotta have oh. to go with it. It's but elastic you, time. Ulysses Bloodstone was the other yeah, guy. Yeah. But it's so only tied. But it's only tied into World War Two in the sense of you have you can you can keep capping that ice as long as you want. You can keep adjusting. Yeah, but you had all those other characters in World War Two. You can't get around the fact that Nick Fury was a Howling Commando and he's still you know. You yeah. But, but that worked. No, that worked too because he's got the super serum ageless thing or whatever. But when you say well, Saberhood is also more. He's like Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, Dum Dum Duggan is here. And, I mean, it's it's tricky. Is my it, point? It, yes, it is tricky. You, you, get, tricky. you get to elastic time frame. Yeah. You just kind of have to do. Which is fine because Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos and this team in suits in, in, uh, 50s, in, 50s, in late 50s suits awesome like yeah. I, I would like spin this off into a comic I will read this comic it's fantastic you me and four other people Jaken and yeah Bendis and that's it <laughs> exactly. yeah but um, it was good Jaken Jesus that good history that, that history of the Avengers thing is still going on yeah actually really good you ever read that I, I sometimes read I don't read it it's really good it's, I'm sure it's kind it is of fun, but, but I, there's a little bit yeah. yeah. um, yeah, it was funny even the main story was good with uh, the deal with Mockingbird being shot in the gut and they don't know how to fix it because they're like do we well, there's, one a, one? there's a lot of uh, what I found really interesting in the, in the present day story was that this new Avengers team even though Luke thinks that they have their shit together and they're the Avengers they do not yeah. because Luke and Jessica and Iron Fist are over there with the trucks they're like should we go back and like no they've got it <laughs> and meanwhile it's like chaos and like Mockingbird was shot in the gut oh, shit's happening all over the place you know um, thing is just busting things for no you know not you really yeah. thinking about it and then the superior villain we were, find out has way more power than they thought and she just blows up the whole place like it's, yeah. it's bad you know so um Really, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. it was, he he uh, finds ways to keep the dynamic interesting, and just by adding a couple of new characters, yep. like the thing who just who just goes in fists of flying, yep. uh, it, you know, messes up the whole dynamic and then the strategy screwed up. That they're in that mess because he jumped off the roof in the exactly. first place. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then they don't know how to fix it because none of them are medics. They don't know how to fix the. Well, Doctor Strange gets there, but like I like how Doctor Strange gets there, and he's like. He's like, we can't move her, and I, we need an ambulance. And Spider Man's like, an ambulance, really? Like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's... I actually like the little touches. Like he used the spell to create a flashlight finger to do the eye check, which, yeah. which was cool. Like yeah. little, little things like that because he was a doctor. Yeah, little touches Checker, like that. Pupils and stuff. Yeah. All right, kids. Who's excited to go to C two E two? Another convention. Josh is. I thought you are. I am. I'm pretty you excited. You didn't like being home while we were at Seattle, did you? It was, sounded like the greatest thing that had ever happened. It I'm, was. I'm just looking forward to a hotel room by myself. <laughs> really, more than anything. Okay, so C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, is coming back to downtown Chicago March 18th to 20th. That is right around the corner for those of you listening to this Next show. Weekend. That's this. This is the last call. Uh, this year, they're in the West Building at McCormick Place in downtown Chicago with what we're told... Much more fan-friendly. A much, much more fan-friendly layout to the show. There will be way less mass shootings this year. Fewer <laughs> roving packs of rabid dogs. <laughs> They're going to yank the spot. Special <laughs> guests include Brian Michael Bendis. We can talk to him about some of these things that we just talked about. Yes. Uh, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Gene Ha, Cliff Chang, Mahmoud Asrar, uh, Paul Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, and uh, really a lot more. They're announcing people right up until the last minute. Well, and the big media announcements, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Thor will be there and Elijah Dushku. Oh, he's Thor. He's yeah. doing the right him. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Kirk's dad. Just saying. C two E two. A lot of the um, a lot of the Walking Dead cast are going to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Ron is going to do a panel with Rick Bayless. Yes. Who I saw on TV the other day. We're going to be doing food and comics. Lindsay was like, "Isn't that guy from Top Chef?" I was like, "That's Rick Bayless. I'm going to go meet him and eat food that he makes." Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she, awesome. and she looked at me with narrowed eyes of anger. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, tickets are available at c2e2.com, and if you buy before March, no. You missed uh, it. <laughs> did uh, did I do it though? Was it me? Well, basically, uh, so this is coming out. This is coming out on the thirteenth. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this on the thirteenth, Sunday or Monday the fourteenth, you can still go to c2e2.com and sign up for the whole weekend for fifty dollars. After the fourteenth, you're gonna pay the full price. So 
yeah, it's a good deal. So, so if you're if you're hearing this and you're thinking of going, just just get on it. Uh, go to c2e2.com for more, and uh, we'll all be there. So we're definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, it's gonna be fun. Despite Josh being there, say hello. We'll be at a booth. Yeah, why do you, why is that always gotta happen? <laughs> just funny. It makes this week, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna break. You're like an angler <laughs> with all the baiting. <laughs> so Hawkeye blind spot number two. Um, I don't know about you guys, but give me a uh, a miniseries with Nick Dragota doing flashback Avengers stories, and I sign up for it instantly. I am coming to a conclusion that past Hawkeye might be irrevocably more interesting than current Hawkeye. Yep. And I could watch the retelling of him over and over again, but to the credit of this book... Um, the Hawkeye in this book is a lot more like the old Hawkeye than the other Hawkeye that we've been Hawkeying. Did you follow that? No, yeah. no, but like, like in Avengers, he's been sort of a more reserved, uh, mature version of Clint Barton. In this one, it was like, let's fight Captain America for the heck of it, which yeah. you know, I was kind of like, which used to happen. It used to happen all the time, yeah, and exactly. I don't really care why. I was like, yeah. yes, let's fight. And <laughs> then I was like, Clint, you kind of won, but he could have still come and got you after he just chose not to. Right. Um, it was it was fun. And, I, and I thought this issue was better than the first issue, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was really really good. I love the flashback sequences. I love Dragota drawing when Hawkeye's Goliath. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it was Kirby esque, but not totally Kirby ripoff. Yeah. And oh, it was just great. So good book. Hawkeye was stupid back then. Oh, oh yeah, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna take this pill and get big. <laughs> <laughs> He's got issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman Incorporated number three finally came out, and uh, I couldn't love this book more. <laughs> A, I'm sorry. There's a page of Batman dancing. He's doing the tango. The tango. He's sexy uh-huh. time Batman now. Wow. He's so sexy so he's, time Batman. Finally deliver- Grant's finally delivering on what he promised. Yeah. But it yeah. turns out that she was just going to try to kill him. Yeah. It didn't matter, though. He was like, is that your attractive Argentinian girlfriend? We're going to tango. And it was just like... <laughs> it really was so wacky. And Gaucho is retarded. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a dumb character. But I, it was so wacky. And it was he was just he was just going with it that I went with it, too. And it is exactly what he promised. And I still love the construction, the ending that's very much like the old TV show with the three, the three questions, and then the three, yeah. and then the flashback, then bam, hits you with the full page knock every time. You know what? There was actually a really cool uh, uh, craft thing in here where they got there and bat, like they're in the middle of this fight, and Batman's like, "So do you consider about my offer?" And then like the next page, the guy's like, "No." And then the next page, he's like, "Wait a minute, no." And I was like, "Good," because I didn't know what you guys were talking about, and it was just a neat little trick. Yeah. Uh, to sort of put the story over the over the course of the fight. By the way, that's a great two-page sprint to open it. Yeah. No, this this is everything I want I want and love out of a Batman book. This is this is fantastic, and just now I fear it'll end. Why? Just because I think nothing good. good ever lasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's wow. That's the what, what you become. That's, that's the lesson for this week, guys. <laughs> so so uh, Marvel uh, released the first uh, cross-gen uh, rebirth kind of book. So it's Sigil or Sigil. It's Sigil. Sigil. Everyone knows that. Sigil. Sigil. Sigil number one. Sigil Shepard. He's an editor. Written by, my, written by Mike Carey and with art by Leonard Kirk. Um, I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Ron and I, I'm sorry. I'm, you both bought this. Yeah. We, we were Ron and I were the comic store. We're like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. I had eight books. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. No. I mean, I, I understood what was happening in the story, but I had no, no idea. Did you read any of the old cross books? I, read, I, I only read, I read Ruse. I read Ruse when it was originally out. I don't appreciate your Ruse. Um, which was the, just the Sherlock Holmes report. That's the one the guy did. with the cane, right? Mark, it was yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Mark Sherlock Wade. Holmes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this was okay. It was good. I thought it was interesting because it was a different kind of Leonard Kirk than what I've been used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a girl in high school with this, with the, with, now first of all, single. no, it's her birthmark. Now, no one has a birthmark that looks like that. Yeah. And I think, I think you'd investigate if you had a birthmark. Yeah, sure. And if you do... That's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you go, you're going in, you're like, uh, I have a baby. Now you're going to the doctor. 
Uh, something wrong here. Oh, it's yeah. just a birthmark. No, I, I think I'd like to get another opinion if you're not going to follow up on this. I don't know. It's symmetrical. It fits. There's a color scheme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems a little too planned. Clearly defined lines. <laughs> birthmark really is sort of haphazard. Random. Also, yeah. occasionally glows. Um, <laughs> and teleports her to a pirate ship. Yeah. I, I was, there's your problem. I was intrigued enough to want to continue reading. I'm not going to. I, I, I found it interesting enough. It wasn't great, but it was it, it was, was all right. It, it was fun. There's a you know, high school girl with this thing, and it turns out her mother also had it, and she gets transported back to a pirate ship in the middle of a stressful moment. Yeah, my carry is good with with young girls. I see. No, I, I was. I, I, but no, seriously, like you got, his, you got, you got confused. Dog look. No, he's us. done. He's done a lot of really good story. Like he's very. That, for some reason, that's he's really good with that. Um, yeah. it, Lucifer focused a lot on 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 the young girl, and yeah. like he did. A, he's done some miniseries here and there where where he does really well with that. I think I might give a bunch of these crosses. Just a shot, the first issue to see. It depends on the, depends on the week. Yeah. Uh, Josh, are you reading Jennifer Blood or is it just me at this point? I am. I am. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I think I am. Yeah. I. I it's not. It's not great. No. It's, but that's. I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you uh, again, we talked about it last time. He said he just wanted to do goofy, violent, funny book, and which I think it is. It is. I, I mean, I don't know how long I'll want to read it forever, but for right well, now, I'm still having fun. I like that. Well, I know, but if, <laughs> if it's good, they'll do another one or something like that. But like, the, the, it's funny. This book opens up, like literally starts with uh, just some dude fucking on a boat. Bare naked right, right off from the very first page. Yep. I was like, oh, well, that's where we are now. Um, and then horrible shit happens to the bad guys. I actually really like the character, the main character. I think that he does a great job. She's sort of, she's completely deranged. It's sort of like a more off kilter um, uh, Twilight Guardian, mm-hmm. and it, it's, uh, it. I, I like her. She's sort of endearing. I think the, the best thing about that is the fact that they're they're having sex on the front of the boat. And it kind of looks like the Titanic pose. And then the title is My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. And then I laughed. And I'd, I'd like to point out that the female's dialogue is oink, oink, <laughs> oink, because he's pulling her nose back like a pig. Oh, there you go. Wow. Oh, oh Garth. She's kind of endearing the way she, she talks. She narrates the book in her head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how she really gets into weapons technology. Yeah. That's Garth. I like how she's always going, honestly. Yeah. I, can, I can't. I can't. Are they supposed to be American? Because there's they're, a lot of Britishisms in there. They're in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, well, there's a little few Britishisms yeah. in there, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, a book that we don't often get to talk about, but came out this week uh, called. Well, depending Com- where you live. Depending where you live. But uh, Compa Comics, number five. Um, and this is uh, written by Fred Van Lente, who you might know from his Marvel work on Kirk and, and the upcoming Alpha Flight and all that stuff, uh, with, uh, uh, illustrated by Ryan Dunlavey. And if you don't know, they, this team, is in, they did Action Philosophers, which was telling about philo- you know, philosophy in comic form. Um, very dense. They then moved on to comic book comics, which basically, for those of you who are into comic book history and knowledge and like behind-the-scenes kind of thing, you have to read this. I'm I'm really pissed off because I went in and they were like, no, that came out last week. I was like, that's not what my list says, and yeah. it sold out. Yeah, and it was at the store we went to. But um, if you go to a con and you see Fred or Ryan at the show, buy all of these issues. Yeah, if you the, really like, there's so many great stories about the history of comics. Yeah, and I, I'm this to- one. Yeah, and I've totally, and this one's even the better, best one. I'll get to that in a second. But I've totally become like I just read the Ten Cent Plague, and I'm reading Glamour Puss. Like I'm totally fascinated by the 40s, 50s the prior to Marvel and DC 60, the Silver Age Renaissance, to see what happened. Um, this one's really interesting because this issue focuses all on um, lawsuits, um, on all the um, 
uh, various copyright disputes going to you know, Superman, Siegel and Schuster, and um, all you know the Gerber, Howard the Duck. There've been exactly. a few lawsuits in comics yeah. history. Oh yeah, and a few. Maybe one or two. Mr. Metz even Mr. Met even makes a. Oh, wow. Appearance. What I like about this one is that there's a lot of information. There are a lot of words, but Fred writes it in a playful, fun way, and then Ryan is illustrating it almost like it reminds me of when we were in elementary school, yep. and it'd be like, "This is how they make a car." It's like, and then <laughs> and then they put the wheels on, and like you know, and they're all smiling and that sort of thing. And they're doing it in that kind of fifties kind of you know like. Like educational style, um, I don't know. It's great. It just it makes me laugh, but it's also really serious. So it, it's fantastic. They're fascinating, real stories, and they're yeah. you know their research and everything. Yeah. I can't wait to read that. It's can, awesome. Can I see your, no. yours? No? no. Okay, kids. Uh, I, I know everybody waits for this every week. Now it's the new Archie. It's time for the infestation update yep. from IDW. This time, Connor, where where were the Ghostbusters? What did you think? So uh, Ghostbusters infestation number one. Yes. Right. Um, it was weird because it's so dependent on those actors. Yeah. I thought that he did a really good job of capturing the voices. Who wrote it? Yes. He did uh, Eric Burnham. Okay. The dialogue, which whose name I know, but not sure why. You could hear it being said by the actors. It's just weird because you kind of want them to say it. A couple of funny things. Yeah. About the first half of this book is literally them standing in one place in the street. <laughs> There's a lot which of is- that. Which is Ghostbusters. No, and oh, yeah. the, which is fine, but in the yeah. comic book, it's like yeah. I notice it. Yeah. Uh, the art's by Kyle Hutz, who did uh, yeah, Billy did, the Kid, Billy, Old Timey Oddities. Yeah. Great, oh, great artist. Yeah, no, he actually yeah. is really good for it. Yeah. Peter Venkman voice is very good. The Egon voice is very good. The Ray voice is very good. Winston gets one line, and it's <laughs> oh. weird. Like they point out, first of all, they point out that the zombie is a white guy, and then somebody name checks Winston, who then just goes and shoots him and has one line of dialogue. <laughs> okay, the whole time. ugly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, you screwed the black guy again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that was a little weird. But actually, like, they play, like, it was it was the right tone. It wasn't like the other ones where the zombies are terrifying or whatever. Like, they were like, hey, look, there's a zombie there. And then they stand and talk about the zombie for a while while he growls at them for a bit. <laughs> and then he explodes. Okay. I mean, it was fun. The, the stay up marshmallow man escapes at the end, so they got to deal with that next issue. And, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's good. I just I feel like the, the the whole enterprise peaked with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and either I caught up on number two. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Although I, I do, see, you're right. The Venkman voice is good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the book now when the zombie comes into their headquarters and just the uh, Venkman and and what's her name just looking straight ahead. The, the beat and then the Egon. We got company. Like you know, like the, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I was really impressed by the voices. I thought yeah. I thought he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, and also short shifting, short shifting uh, Winston, which well, is also a Ghostbusters. I know. Sure, yeah, I know. Yeah, it totally yeah, is. Yeah. Oh well. Let's watch it. So <laughs> it's really not. I, I believe why? you. Why? Why am I drippings with goo? <laughs> That's true. I, I know. Good, though. But I love to say that. So there you go. So all right. So those are the books that came out this week. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com/comics. See all the books that ship every week. And do your pull list and come back and rate and review your books. And we have a couple of reviews from the ifanbase that we want to touch upon. Kingdom of Evan reviewed Northern Guard number two, gave a story of four out of five from the art of two out of five, and at the time of recording, no one made this a pick of the week. And um, Kingdom of Evan says, for a story that's rebooting decades-old characters that most of us have never seen before, this story is moving pretty fast, and I like it. There's no dilly-dallying in the Golden Age. They had spy rings to smash and Nazis to punch. And w- while this is, isn't exactly a throwback style of storytelling, it is aiming for a classic feel, and it hits the mark. I thought it was interesting because this is a super, super, I don't even know who published this, but uh, Ty Templeton did the art. It's, I think it's like Moonstone or something like that. Is it really? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Moonstone pu- pu- well, published it. So interesting to see somebody picked it up and reviewed it. So Cool. Interesting. Wally the Green Monster on Superboy number five, giving the story a four out of five and an art of one out of five. Uh, and, the, and the pick of the week percentage is, is 
like a tenth of a percent. It's, it's infinitesimal. Harsh, he says, harsh review. This is the first book that I've been buying solely because of the writer. Gallo's art isn't that great. It never has been on this run, unfortunately. If he's improving as others are asserting in its baby steps, as with other comics, he seems to have very little experience drawing the human form from life and shows this with his lack of understanding on the subtleties of anatomy, resulting in some panels that look straight up awkward. Whether it's inconsistent or flat faces, body parts that look like unproportionate sausages, or or trying to pose characters in action poses that look forced and unnatural, Gallo's art isn't living up to the quality of the writing. As a result, I'm taking out of the story more than I'd like. I would tend to agree with him for this issue, especially this issue was the Superboy flat Kid Flash race around the world, and all I could think of the whole time was how is he running in those tight, tight, tight jeans? They don't, they don't, they don't give denim. No, I, I guess mean, it could be a stretch denim. They the do tighter have that. your jeans are, the less movement you got in the legs. Does he not sweat? Because that's another problem. It he's gonna. Be. You know what's kind of crazy is that I kind of like it. <laughs> I can see that. I'm looking at it now. I'm not reading this book. Yeah. I kind of like the art. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a quietly touch to it, and hey. yeah. Well, I wonder this. If he is a guy who's... I know... I think he's European. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But if he is a guy who's new to this, and they're on... What issue are we at now? Five. You know, maybe the, the, the monthly grind of sort of being new to something like this might be starting to to wear on the art a little bit. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, five issues in a row on a monthly... That's well, you hard. Don't, you don't know that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if, 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 if you think it's, it's getting worse, then if you're new to doing monthly comics like right. that, then that could be a thing because you got to keep pushing. I know, I kind of dig it. In the DCU, when you race around the planet, they televise it and everyone watches. Well, yeah, I said it's an event. And then, spoiler alert, Crypto wins. Of course. Don't fuck with Crypto. He's, he races with them and beats them both. <laughs> All right. Good. That would get, that would, I, I, all I could think was that would get pretty good ratings. That would probably, that would beat Idol. Also, yeah. in, your, in your continuity news, Damien's still in the Teen Titans, but he left the issue, team in the last issue of Teen Titans. Oh, there you go. And his stubble is too long. All right. Damien's stubble Damien is like eight. Yeah. <laughs> He's very manly. Is he a stubble in this? No. Oh. I'm just going to say. That really would be an art problem. My new thing in 2011 is to complain about people's stubble length. That's going to be. The, that's, your, that's your thing? That's my thing. That's your catchphrase? Yes. Now, as you may know, I fan was a part of the digital comics company graphically. Um, but did you know that Graphically... Yes, it's, it's amazing. But did you know that Graphically has over 2,000 comics that you can download and read right now at this very moment with more being added every day? I did know that, actually. I'm quite aware. I was in the meetings earlier. I, I'm aware of it. Maybe you listening at home are not aware of it. We have publishers like Archie, Arkea, Boom, Top Cow. Marvel. Marvel. There's all kinds of people being added every day. Blue Water people. You know, all kinds of different comics maybe you've never heard of. Check out new stuff. You can find A lot it of indie stuff. A lot of indie and creator on stuff in there, actually. And you can find it cheaper than you find in the, in the stores. So maybe you want to experiment with new stuff, like the guard, the the Guardian book that we yeah. talked about it wasn't what was it called? Uh, Northern Guard. I don't think we have that. No, but I'm saying books like books that. Books like that, yes. You can yeah. check out uh, for cheaper yeah. graphically. So you can check them on your iPhone, your iPad, your desktop app. We've got Android. We've got uh, all kinds of great stuff, all yeah. kinds of the multi-platform stuff. So. Currently the, if you have an Android phone, this is the only way to read Marvel comics is on your, is on your graphically on Android. So. And there's Probably. some good Marvel stuff in there, too. Yeah, stuff exactly. like you can catch around. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, Infinity like modern and old. Yeah, Powers, lots of Powers. Yeah, so. Powers, Infinity Gauntlet, stuff like that. So go to graphically.com. You can check out all the info there. You can find all the app downloads. Check it out, graphically.com. Cool. All right, on to the email. Our first email comes from Isaac. This is, hi, gang. In January, Eric Powell posted a pretty offensive yet, yet at points hilarious and spot on video on YouTube that was quickly removed, calling for more diversity in the genre in mainstream comics. The fact is, though, at least when it comes to the big two, the stuff that sells are incontinuity A-list superheroes and event books, and there's very little breathing room for new characters or genres. This is a topic we've been talking about a lot. Oh, you get me going, buddy. So I, wanted, I want you to make some. I want, I want all three of you to choose one A-list character from Marvel or DC you would be totally fine with just living without and never seeing a book again. Choose. 
Well, this is easy. Batman. No, Superman. <laughs> Superman. Superman. No, you can't get rid of Superman. Well, yeah, no, he's, that's his choice. He's that's, that's fine. That's I can he's a, a communist. I can that's live fine. in a world without Superman. All right. But only in the comics. Right. You like, you like Smallville. Oh, I do like Smallville, yeah. But it's ending this year, so it's But this is only, it's only about being the books, though. Yeah, comics, yeah. Is Deadpool an A-list character? He is yes, now. Yeah, he is right now. now. There you go. Well, it's funny you should say that because we get to our gonna, next I'm email. I'm just going to say X-Men. Well, that's a whole group of characters. It's, you have it's not one. a book, though. Wolverine. It's an X-Men book. I don't need that. Pick one. Cyclops. Say Cyclops. Fuck you. I could live without Wolverine. I've, I mean, I've, had, I've seen enough Wolverine stories that yeah. whatever it is you've got to tell me, I, they can just still be good. Take them off the board. Make you come off the new Wolverine. Who's the new Wolverine? Maybe it's Deadpool. There you go. Well, that leads to our next email, it's a step down. which is from John from New Jersey, which might explain some of this. Um, can someone please explain what the big deal about Deadpool is? <laughs> I'm not saying he's not a good character. I really don't know him. But Marvel seems to put, a, put out an awful lot of material about him. Every time I turn around, there seems to be a bunch of books on, uh, out with him in it or on the cover. Is, is he that big of a seller? I don't get it. Thanks. Yes. Neither do we. No, but that's yeah, the answer. He true, sells. Yes, the yeah. books sell. I mean, in today's market, I think all of his books sell in the 50 range or around there. Or they, 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 they debut there anyway. And for, that, for this market, that's a good selling book. So, yep. yes, that's the answer. He sells books. He does. And I, I can't explain it because they're not good. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've read a couple and I know I'm going to get a bunch of shit. There's a lot. He's a rabid fans. I'll give him that much. I'll give him that credit. You know, like a lot of loyal fans. I think it's because it's kind of fun. Yeah. Relative. Yeah. And, and, and people, I guess, want more of that. And the bar's low. Yeah. Oh, that last part probably wasn't necessary. Losing. <laughs> All right. So if you have the answer as to why Deadpool is popular, you can email us at contact.fanboy.com. Let us know. It's been a while since we had done voicemails, and we've got some gems this week, gentlemen. Woo! So we're going to kick it off with a, uh, with a unique request. Hi, my name is Arturo Mojica, and um, I'm a really big fan of your show. Um, right now I'm watching the Miracle Man episode, and I simply have a question. Would you guys be willing to sell some of the issues? Um, I'm just asking because the only one I actually I have are issue two, and I have some of the Golden Age stuff. So I want to see, will you be willing to sell them? Um, no, <laughs> I th- no, 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 we, no. We're not selling our books. <laughs> like these are our maybe, books. Maybe maybe he thought it's a different kind of show than yeah, it maybe is. We're not QVC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hold on now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Arturo might be on to something here. That's what I'm saying. Well, you looked up the complete Miracle Man issues. Yeah, it's like, you can get them on eBay for like $350, that's, I mean, that's pretty reasonable priced for those books that aren't available. I'm not, I'm not selling my copies then at all. I thought they were worth much less. I feel like you could get them for less. I th- like if again. you're getting like one, again. right, but like no. you could get like one, you know, like you get an issue here and there, and probably not pay that much for them if you go to cons or whatever. Or just let's, let's turn the video show into a weekly QVC where we just start selling our crap we don't want anymore. That's a good idea. I, I think I'd be, I think Ron would be really good at that. <laughs> and, and he would be like, Josh, I sold your stuff, and I was like, but I wasn't selling that. Well, like, it's gone uh, now. I got my cut. Listen, I got my piece. Got mine. Any idea what you can get for a healthy white baby? <laughs> I've been pricing it out. I've got. I, I have a spreadsheet. That's my joke. <laughs> um, I just like. I just like. I would never call. Like, that's what the most horrible. Think, that's what, the most horrible yeah. thing you've ever said on no, our show. No, no. no. You, no. <laughs> me. I've said more. Sure. Um, I just don't know what made him think that that'd be. That's okay to ask. Like, I would never think. Can I buy your copy, sir? Ballsy. All right. Um, but you deserve an answer, Arturo. But you'll never. You'll never get him unless you ask. True. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Worst is worst. We say no. There are easier ways. Like I was watching. I was watching Sherlock Holmes, and I thought, I want that jacket. So why not? Why not find the actor and and beat him up? (laughs) Can I take the jacket? Can I have that jacket? (laughs) What do you want for it? And he's like, Well, 
We're, no. we're doing a show. <laughs> and then he said, mate, because he's English. Yeah. The ah. end of that story. All right. It didn't turn out well, did it? It was, it was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't do the voice. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah true. Um, all right. Our next voicemail uh, answered his own question. Uh, hi, this is Matt from Chicago. I called a few episodes back, I think before the uh, uh, winter break, uh, about Hawkeye stories. And now I have a little bit of a different question. Um, I'm a sophomore in high school, and I really only have a handful of friends who uh, share the interest of liking comic books and reading comic books and discussing them. So I was just wondering, what ty- what type of places or what type of things do you think would, or what ty- more of what type of places do you think I would meet more people who like comic books? And uh, that's actually pretty much the question. Uh, love the show, and I will see you guys at C2E2. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, okay, let's let's go back and diagram what just happened here. <laughs> Want people to hang out with, watch comics, talk about them, whatever. I'm going to C2E2. See, well, that seems like a really good place to find people who are into comics. <laughs> He's not wrong about that. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, you know, if, if you don't have a good comic shop where people are hanging out... Um, well, here's the thing. He lives in Chicago. Chicago is a oh. very comics-friendly town. Go to, go to, the, go to the Around Comics taping. Challengers. Exactly. Go to Challengers. Go to They're Challengers. always having events there. And that's yep. how you... That is how you meet comic fr- friends. Is you, and we have lots of people who have become friends through iFanboy. How, a lot. Be, how because they go to our events and they hang out all the time. That is what you have to do. You have to go out proactively go to these places. You can yeah. also, like, like if you're part of a comic community like iFanboy or something like that, like, there's, there's people who talk on the site and things, and then there's people who sort of talk on Twitter or off there. And, yeah. and you can sort of build relationships that way. And then you go to a thing and you meet people in the flesh. And uh, people, like, we have people who are roommates now. We have people we who have are... people who are married. It's, like, it's insane. Do we have married people? Yeah, I think so. Or no, maybe not anymore. But yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we've got everybody. We've got everything. So it's like, I and mean, that's the thing. It's like, you're going to a convention. There's going to be so many people there. There are parties every night like there, there are social events around the conventions and you're in Chicago go to Dark Tower when they record around comics go to Challenges when they do those events to, to, to be fair C2E is probably kind of overwhelming in terms of like making a buddy for it but I, I think well, in the bathroom go to a guy in the next stall and just like hey, <laughs> hey what you reading nice nice stream you got there how, what how do you about, think about Doc Strange how about that Deadpool <laughs> Speaking of a Deadpool, <laughs> no, but if you're lucky enough to live in a place like Chicago, as opposed to somewhere like I'm, we've had some people in Seattle who they said, you know, yeah. listen to your show because I've, I've got no comic friends who live in a small town. That's a, that's yeah. A lot of people in the Seattle area aren't actually from the city; they're from the outlying yeah. suburbs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like we're very lucky, you know, being in New York and San Francisco, also a very good comic town. Chicago's a very good comic town. Pretty sure um, Chris Neesman will just come and hang out with you if you ask him. Yeah, hey, if you're buying, he's he'll be <laughs> there. What I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bourbon. He'll, he'll be your comic yeah, friend. Exactly. All right, our last voicemail's got a question about Oni. Hey guys, this is Wes from St. Paul, Minnesota. Had a question for you about Oni Press. Over the last year, I've gotten to read such fine books such as Scott Pilgrim, Wasteland, Resurrection, and recently The Sixth Gun. So I was just wondering, are there any other Oni Press books that you would recommend? Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, you're in luck because Oni is one of our favorite publishers, and they have so, so much, much material yep. for all different kinds of, of things. Local. Local was through there. If you uh, like Sixth Gun, then you should definitely check out the earlier team, the team's earlier work, The Damned. Yep. Um, Stumptown from Rucka and Southwark just got collected in a hardcover. That's that's pretty cool. Ghost Project was a great was a Barry great Ween. If you like comedy books, Barry Ween's one of the funniest yep. comic books I've ever read in my life. Uh, gorillas, which moved over from Image to Oni with the monkeys and the and during the war, like that's a, that's a good one. Um, they're gorillas. Yep. They're chimps technically, chimps. and it's Vietnam. Um, Mondo Urbano was awesome. Black Metal was great. Northwest I mean, Passage. If you like history, I mean, there's yeah. literally every genre you could want, and Oni does a really good job of covering. Lots Listen, of go to Oni Press. 
Ghostpress.com. Browse, check it out. Go to a con where they're at. They've got great stuff. They do. Ghost Project yeah. was great art from Steve Rolston. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friend of me of the state. I hear good things about. Yeah. Literally, Union like, Station, Capote, Kansas, Krogan's Revenge, Black Metal, which won an Eisner, Northworld, our buddy Lars, like yeah. yeah, so much great stuff. So check it out. It, it's all over the map, though. So like, yeah. if you like, I want an adventure thing. There's some of that. If you know, you want comedy. There's some of that. There's a, there's a ton of it. Whiteout. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. We're so, very excited about that. So if you have any other questions, give us a call on our voicemail line at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. And while you're at it, why don't you go subscribe to our iFanboy Don't Miss podcast, which is our weekly podcast where we highlight. Wait, before you get into that, <laughs> I was laughing. I, I started laughing because I got to the part of the script where where it's listed and it says Don't Miss Roberto Clemente, and I thought, Oh my God, how did that? How did, <laughs> isn't he dead? <laughs> okay. Now tell them about why. Now tell them about the show. I'm so confused. You threw him off. <laughs> because it says, don't miss Roberto Clemente. And I was like, that's a good get. I did the well, same yeah, thing. So the book Chris Neesman is going to be talking to Wilfred Santiago, who did the book 21, The Story of Roberto Clemente, which okay. comes, out th- comes out this week from Fantagraphics. Excellent. So if you're a baseball fan, baseball spring, season, spring training is kind of kicked in. So, um, but we want to be clear. <laughs> Roberto Clemente is not on the show. No, he's not. It's, it's, it's Wilfred Santiago. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's okay. <laughs> Ron just got the joke now. <laughs> totally got the joke. Yeah, that's what we were confused about. When we got to that voicemail, I looked, I looked further down the script and I went, Roberto Clemente, isn't he down on the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> oh, it's awful. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's crazy. So, listen to Don't Miss. Go to iTunes and subscribe to it. Check it out. It should be a good interview. He, he, you know, that should be a good book because he's a fascinating life story. He was a really good man. Yeah. And it looks it looks really beautiful. Looks he really died cool. uh, doing humanitarian work in the, yeah. uh, during, you know, yep. plane crash. Beautiful hardcover. Beautiful hardcover. When so. did he play? Did he play in the 80s? 70s. 70s, 70s. 60s and 70s okay, in the Pirates. He was a great. 21 was his number. Great player. Yeah. I assume that's what the number was. Yeah. 21, the story of Roberto Clemente. Are we sure we didn't get Roberto Clemente? For sure. He's a, he's can a hard we, get. Can we book him? <laughs> so now C2E2 is coming up. We mentioned it a couple times earlier. We had EEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEEE
see it. We'll be roaming around the floor. We'll probably spend a lot of time in Artist Alley and at the at the <laughs> publisher booths and in the bathroom <laughs> looking for friends. How do I start a podcast? <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> All the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Viv Savage. Um, <laughs> Okay, cool. So uh, go come find us at C2E2. And we have a prize to give away from allposters.com. If you've been on iFanboy.com, you will have seen the post up at the top. They have an Archie Comics collection at All Posters, and we've done stuff with them before. And uh, this time, to celebrate the Archie Comics collection, which, by the way, has this – it's this huge collection of really nice prints of, of classic Archie covers, you know, stuff from a really long time ago and even recent Archie stuff and, and all sorts of things on there. So go through, uh, and, and you can see some of the stuff they've got in there. Very cool. To celebrate their going to give away a $100 gift certificate to uh, an iFanboy member and to become a member you gotta go to ifanboy.com slash store and, and that you help support the site and you're also eligible for this stuff that's the only way to win the, really. the who is the winner Ron our winner is Mario Gomez a recent uh, member uh, so it just shows that if you become a member you win that's yeah. what happens so Mario Gomez congratulations you can go check out allposters.com and uh, you'll be getting an email about that thanks a lot and if you can't go to C2E2 go to ifanboy.com that's where all of, we'll be covering all the news breaking out of C2E2 and as well you can come check out our video show a couple weeks after the show to see all the interviews we're going to do but every week we do this Pick of the Week podcast as well as I, you know, we write the Pick of the Week review you can go read as well as amazing articles we've been killing it on the site the, these past couple of months it's been great stuff so we're not really, going to say that anymore. Not about art. I said it about us. Oh, we're not yeah. going to say it anymore. Not us, our staff. Yeah. Our killer. staff. Yeah. They are ki- Damn it. Um, <laughs> but kicking ass. So go to ifanboy.com. Great stuff there. Uh, video show comes out every Wednesday. Last week, we finally got to talk about one of our favorite series, Starman, um, which oh, was great. Great, great book. Yeah. Good show, too. I enjoyed that show. <laughs> you drunk? I'm, I'm, uh, you just got great, great, great book. <laughs> I remember. It's like fucking Dick Cavett over here. <laughs> um, so next week. Lovely we'll be, sundress. Next week, we'll be coming at you from Seattle with our coverage of Emerald City Comic Con Part E-triple-C, 1. E Ron. E Triple C, Part 1. So tune in on Wednesday to see all the good stuff. Really good show. And if you happen to like uh, a certain Scottish uh, artist who I don't think has ever been interviewed on a comic website, you can see it for the first time on our show. It's Frank Quietly. <laughs> <laughs> you blew the secret. If you want to email us, you can send that to contact at ifanboy.com. We'll eventually get back to you. Or you can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. If you want to get something on the show, those are two really good ways to do it. But, you know, keep keep it. Get to the point. Say your name. Say where you're from. And don't talk for three minutes about something. But business proposals apparently we're also taking. So Yeah, bring them on. I like that shirt you were wearing. How much you want for it? How much you want for it? Everything must go. We're not, we're, we're not, not that far, far away from, from that. that. <laughs> if you like us, you can write a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It's the it's easiest way you can help. It helps people find the show when they search for comics podcasts. Uh, not just for this show, for the video show, for Word Balloon, for all the shows that are, you know, I fanboy family, please do that. Even better than that is to tell your friends, tell your comic book store buddies, tell your mom when she calls on Sunday, you, you sort of run out of things to talk about after five minutes. Yeah, just start telling her what happened to Batman. Start telling her about podcasts, and either she will start listening, and that's good for us, or she will... Hang up, but it's good for you. Hello, so how is Gaucho? Oh, it was so good. He rides the motorcycle, that one, doesn't he? Very good. So tell your mom about it. helps for the iFanboy word. Yes. Um, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash iFanboy. And I think that's about it. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, I don't all, know what's going to happen next week. All that's we're left. all going to be in Chicago. Oh, next week we're going to have our yearly all-writers show. So oh, That should be a train wreck. So if you enjoyed last week's show with Tom and Paul, uh, next week's show there will be more of our staff doing it. This has helped three years in a row now, so if you're freaking out, it's a normal thing we do. Yeah. And yeah. we'll be back. Don't worry. Wait, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe. No, we'll see. 
Listen, we're all together. I feel like we should start talking about the G.I. Joe animated series. <laughs> Is there anything left to say about it? The wolf dances. The wolf does. That's, I didn't, wow, that's weird. Fire. How does barbecue afford a place Fighting like fires that? Fighting fires for firefighters. How does barbecue afford a place like that on the government It was salary? a nice loft. It was a it nice was. loft. I mean, maybe, it was. I mean, maybe. It was the 80s. It was also, maybe it was in Minnesota or something. And he had somewhere. a basketball hoop. Yeah, Minnesota. Inside. He's from Boston. So why did he not live on base? No, you're thinking of... Think about it. Why did maybe he live it was off a, base? Maybe it was like in his family, like it was yeah. his dad's place or something. Fighting for firefighters. That's why he talked funny. He's from Boston. No, that's different. You're, that's not barbecue. That's that's the yellow red firefighter mm-hmm. guy, yeah, the boring no. one. Yeah, there's two no barbecue dogs. makes the fire, but the other oh, guy puts yeah. out the fires. Yeah, the fight. What fires. was his name? Oh, yellow red guy. Yellow so they keep guy. each other in business. Then one guy burns them down, the other guy fixes them. Yeah, that's how it works. It's gotta, collusion. It's collusion. Got It's circular. I it's, see. It's circular. So they, they applied together to the G.I. Joe program. Seriously, the other day, I was looking around in my medicine cabinet for something, <laughs> and I, I didn't have exactly what I was like, oh, Advil's not going to work, but there was like some leftover Vicodin from before, and I thought I would take that. I closed the cabinet, and all of a sudden, I look outside, and there's this dude in a military uniform, literally inch, you know, two inches from my face, and he's like, don't do that. And I was like, how the hell did you get up here? I live on the third floor. And he asked if you could, he could have your yeah. extra Vicodin. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you doing anything with those? Or? If you understand that joke... That is awesome. If you don't, right, someone I'm has sorry. to write in because I can't find the name of this character, and you know who I'm talking about. He's a yellow suit with red accents. What was his name? It's gonna drive me crazy. All right, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. What the fuck was his name? Right, it's gonna drive me crazy. I'm Josh. Why was Deep Six in that lake? Why could, that figure couldn't move his arms or legs. No, no, he was really thick. It was a thick figure. It was plastic. You kind of chew on it. And, and actually, he's, he's Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>